Welcome to the Dr. Diamond Podcast, where doctors learn from industry experts proven methods to grow their practices like the top 1%. And now your hosts, President of OfficeAutomated.com, Robert Barton, and the CEO of New Patient Group, founder of the Dr. Diamond Club, national keynote speaker, and featured in Dental Economics, Forbes, and CNBC, Brian Wright. Welcome to today's Dr. Diamond podcast with myself, Robert Barton. I'm with the co-host, Brian Wright. How are you, Brian? Doing good today. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for the listeners for joining us today. We have a very special guest, Dr. John White. Seems like all of our guests are special, but uh, you know, everyone that's on today is the most special. So, Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Dr. White and, uh, and, and kind of you know, introduce him and let's get this going. Yeah, yeah, excited to have him here. We're going to hear from him in just a minute. Uh, we met uh, quite a long time ago at an event in Columbus, Ohio, and um, proud to call him a friend. And he's got an, uh, an amazing background. Uh, Dr. White uh, was the first in Northern Ohio to reach top 1%, and he's been there since 2013. He's currently a Diamond Plus uh, status with Align Technology, and he's the only one in Northern Ohio. Uh, to be at that status. So that's an enormous accomplishment. Uh, he's treated approximately 2,400 cases, uh, 460 just in the last year alone. Uh, he just does great things. Uh, he's a contributing editor to the Ortho Practice US, uh, and he was a speaker at the Align Summit in 2014, and I could just go on and on. Uh, but for the sake of time, we'll stop there and, and introduce uh, Dr. White, and uh, how are you doing today? I'm just doing outstanding. It's been a good day. I get to do something that I love that I'm good at, but could be better. (laughs) All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Let's start off with, you know, we kind of have a theme here. We try to give our listeners, you know, as much information that allows them to think about their practice differently, uh, just look at the consumer differently, and just look at the whole orthodontic or dental profession differently. And talk to us about where you see orthodontics heading, uh, what's changed throughout your career, and things that doctors need to do differently today than maybe they needed to do even five, 10 years ago? Well, there's a whole lot. I mean, the practice of orthodontics, you know, a good bit of it is still like it always was just because it hasn't realized that it's already dead in the water. Uh, will there be a need for fixed appliances and traditional approaches? Yeah, there are populations of people that want braces. You know, most of them are adolescents because they're, it's part of their uniform. Uh, there are ethnic groups in areas around the country where, you know, braces are a symbol of having achieved status. They're nice middle class, you know, I want to see braces because this means that my family has made enough, has accomplished enough that now we can, you know, we can afford to do orthodontics. So they're not interested in Invisalign. Uh, I've been doing clear aligner therapy since I was in the military, and part of that speaks to the changes that are taking place. You know, why certain things are better with fixed versus aligners. You know, as a military officer at Orthodontist, you know, my buddies were all young pilots. They were not allowed to wear braces, and if I wanted to help them out and line their teeth up, we were doing those things by hand. So here was a external constraint why fixed appliances couldn't be used. Uh, I did a lot of stuff with uh, interceptive treatment. We found ways to do that. But the biggest change that's going on is the fact that people are coming in and they have very specific requirements for their treatment. You know, basically nobody really wants, 
they don't come in here for braces. They come in here to get their smile improved because they have straighter teeth or they want their bite fixed or some combination of those kind of things. So with those people, a lot of them are coming in and saying, yes, I want this, but I don't want, and you can fill in the blank. I don't want braces or I don't want to be in these things for three years, or I don't want those back teeth changed. You know, we get a lot of people in here, particularly since my practice is over 60% adults. You know, you've got a 45-year-old who comes in who has, you know, four or five posterior restorations. They're done in porcelain. Somebody spent a long time fabricating them, adjusting them, and these patients got used to them, so their bite feels right. Well, they frequently did that in places where the teeth were not in great alignment. They adjusted for that, and they don't necessarily want to have that change, and they certainly want to go, don't want to have it redone. So the simple fact that Invisalign will allow me to dictate which teeth move and which teeth don't have changed that part of the game, because anytime you put brace on a tooth, it's going to move. Even with sure smile and some custom bent wires, you have a little bit of movement that's possible. Whereas Invisalign, you can pretty much dictate what moves and what doesn't move. You can also then have a conversation about how much time it's gonna take. People come in with a very specific list of, I want this, I want this, I want this. And if we can do the ones that they really want without involving the rest, and we can do that in a way that makes things better without compromise, then that's the best way to treat them because they want it fast. They want to see a change. They don't want to see things hiding it. They want it comfortable. They want it convenient. You know, they want it to be as simple as possible. They don't want to have their lifestyle interfered with. Braces change your lifestyle. You know, there's nothing like being an adult, having a lunch out with colleagues, and finishing lunch and realizing you need to go clean the food out of your teeth. With Invisalign, they can either leave them out for the meal or they can take them out and rinse them out and put them right back in. So it doesn't interfere with their lifestyle. So people come in and dictate to me, dictate to me, excuse me, that you know what they want done, what they don't want done, and to some degree how they want to do it. More than half of my patients come in specifically asking for Invisalign a lot of them having been told that they're not candidates. And that part's silly. If you're trying to do fixed appliance everything, only using plastics, there's no way for that to be a success. They're different approaches. They share the same diagnosis, but they share similar but not the same goals. And part of that's dictated by the mechanics. Invisalign being a custom appliance, we can customize the mechanics to that individual person's problems, their desires, and we can have them go along the way and have them decide, if you want more, we can do more. If you're happy, we're done. So it's changing the whole way I look at diagnosis. With teens, you know, teens are great because you have a lot more plasticity. You're not dealing with a lot of posterior restorative, a lot of wear and tear you have a somewhat virgin system that you can shoot for perfect. When you're dealing with an adult, which is a huge part of the demand that's coming forth with Invisalign, all these people that didn't like their teeth for decades or they had braces and now their teeth have moved and they want them back to straight, you know, they, they want to go very specifically for what they want and how they want it done. 
And we can do that with Invisalign because it's all customized and customizable. That's interesting stuff. One of the things you said that, that intrigues me, because I know a lot of doctors, I mean, we even work with new patient group. We even work with some of them. Uh, they're not all like this, but if I was a doctor, I think I would have a problem with it to some extent. As you talked about, you know, consumers, the patient coming in and telling you what they want. And, you know, it, it always, because I'm not a doctor, I don't know exactly the mindset, but I, I just kind of envision it. I would have a problem with that, I think. Having you know, a patient come in and say, yeah, I want this knee surgery and not this other one, that, that'd be an issue. So what do you say to the doctors that have an issue with the patient maybe being okay with a treatment that's not perfect, uh, but you're not hurting them, you, you know, it's just, you know, it's not perfect, the patient doesn't, and they're sitting here telling you, this is exactly what I want, when really that's your job. But it's all changed. The consumer's just, it, it's flipped the industry on its head. Talk about that for a minute and how as a doctor maybe you got over it and, and what other doctors need to come to the you know, conclusion of getting over it themselves. You know, to me, better is better. And as long as the compromises are reasonable and they've been based on informed consent, I don't see any problem with it. For the people who refuse to accept that the consumer makes a decision to choose your office or not, I'm sorry, if you're on the beach in the South Pacific and the tide goes out, turning your back and saying, I don't want the tsunami coming in, isn't going to change anything. If you stand there, hold your ground, when that thing comes in and washes over you, you're toast. And that's going to happen to a lot of practices. The simple fact is, the consumer is what drives this. Braces are not a requirement for health. Braces are a improvement of life. And so there are degrees of improvement that we should evaluate and let the patient decide what they want. This is not cancer, although physicians do give patients a choice sometimes on how they're going to be treated. This is not a broken bone that needs to be set. People don't die from malocclusion. People don't lose their teeth from malocclusion, except in extreme cases. Let's face it, if you take care of your teeth, wear a night guard, and you brush your teeth properly and do hygiene, you're gonna keep your teeth for your lifetime. You just may not like how they look, but you don't see people out there coming in and going, you know, I can't chew, I can't eat. With the food that's out there, people don't even need teeth. They're getting by with crummy dentures or half their teeth missing. So it's not a requirement. We are in an elective area. If it wasn't elective, we wouldn't see demand go up and down when there's a recession or times are good because that same need would be there as a human issue. So consumers have always driven this market, but now that there's more of us and more opportunities and more of everything else out there for them to spend their money on, if they're going to choose to do this, they're comparing it to a new car a different school for their kids, a Fendi bag, or whatever. So they're going to dictate, and anybody who fails to accept that is a dinosaur and someone who is going to become extinct. I'm so glad you're saying those things because listeners out there, you've heard us talk about it on another podcast. Uh, if, you have to, if you happen to be a new patient group client, you hear us preach it to you all the time, is that the people that are in the top 1% in this business think and operate their practice completely different than the 99%. So what Dr. White is talking about, you need to take to heart 
in that the consumer has changed. They are dictating the way and you need to look at your business differently. I'm so glad you're saying those things. The values in there, the biggest thing with all this is getting people to realize that, again, if you don't have a successful business, you don't get to buy a cone beam. You don't get to order a second scanner. There are so many things that make you better that you could only afford when you're profitable or you take it out of your lunch money, and that's just not right. right. Business first, specialty is what you do to make the business go, but you got to do the business first. How do you feel from a, you know, a consumer education standpoint? Do you see a difference between you know, patients that came in 15 years ago as opposed to ones now, as far as are they coming in for more self-esteem issues or are they coming in for more, uh, you know, I say medical issues, meaning that, you know, they, they don't want to end up with gum disease if they don't get the, you know, their teeth straightened as an example. Uh, do, do you see it more as people for self-esteem straightening issues or are there other medical reasons that, that people are showing up? Are, are they more educated than they used to be? Touch on that for a little bit. Well, you know, going back a little bit on this, you know, patients used to come see me as a doctor. Now consumers come in to see me as a provider to fulfill a need that they have. Anybody who really thinks that 30, 25, 15 years ago, patients were looking, I just want the healthiest whatever that I can get by rearranging my teeth, that never drove the system. It was always, you know, my kid needs their smile fixed. And they might say the other things because they thought they had to. They felt that the insurance companies wouldn't cover it if it was, quote, just cosmetic, unquote. You know, we went through those things a long time ago. There was an orthodontist that practiced near me a long time ago. And he had several outstanding competitors or colleagues, whichever way I want to look at it. But he was consistently the busiest, even though he charged the highest fee. And his statement was, we are dental cosmetologists. I'm here to create beautiful smiles and everything else is table stakes. They're supposed to have a healthy bite. They're supposed to be able to clean their teeth. All those things are there. You still do that. But what drives people coming in here, the complaints that I hear 90 plus percent of the time are, I don't like the way my teeth look. Can you fix my smile? So all those things are a component in this. So it has changed it is getting to be more and more of that same thing. And until you recognize and accept that, it's too bad. Yes, we're supposed to give the most stable, healthy occlusion that we can. That does not mean necessarily a class one molar and a class one cuspid. You know, Ron Roth gave a lecture a long time ago and he made the mistake. He said, nobody ever came in asking me for class one. And so people took it as if, he didn't care about occlusion. And I've seen that man's cases. They're amazing. The simple fact is he focused on giving them great smiles and made sure that they had everything else. So when I market to people, I talk about their smile. I talk about the facial aesthetics and what we can do to improve it. And they just take for granted that I'm going to make the rest. If I'm not going to be able to change some things for the better, I tell them that. You know, any orthodox that's been at this long enough knows that they have adults who to be corrected, to made perfect, are surgical cases, flat out. There is no other way to do some of these cases. And we have compromised on that for years. So what I'm talking about is just a slight change in that, like saying, okay, let's expand that a little bit. There are people who should not undergo comprehensive orthodontic care 
shooting for class one molar and class one cuspids and a perfect interincisal angle and all that. That's not what they want, and it's not any better than what they currently have, and we put them through hell to get there. Not going to do that anymore. And that has driven the practice. I've had double-digit growth the last five years in a row. We're more than double what we were in 2013. And that has all been based on you tell me what you want, you tell me your priorities, and I'll tell you how we can achieve that, and then we'll discuss the ancillary issues. How do we make this part better also? And oh, by the way, this should be looked at also. Is that important to you? Because if not, sign here. That's interesting stuff. And, and listen, you know, listeners, uh, he's talking about double digit growth for many years in a row now. And I mean, it's a guy that you need to listen to and apply these thoughts into your practice. It's obviously going to help. Tell us what, what you think. There's a lot of doctors and we've worked with them, you know, in the past. Uh, there's a lot of doctors that have come to us and they just can't, they understand the consumer, you know, is leaning towards clear liners. It's the way of the now and the future. I don't think anybody really disagrees with that, but there's some that just can't get, uh, and we'll use Invisalign as an example. They can't get the lab fee. They can't get over it. And no matter how many times, you know, we try to show them and we have profitability data, I know Align Technology does, and I know probably even you do. You know, give us your thoughts on, you know, that lab fee and how doctors need to get over it and view it differently from a, you know, chair time profitability standpoint and other areas as well. Okay, well, there's a couple components to that. First of all, the more aligners you do, the lower the lab fee gets. Yeah, my lab fee is about three times what my fixed appliance fee is for the appliance alone. However, if you're paying attention to how you do this stuff, you've got some built-in retention in that lab fee rather than a separate fee in your office. You have my time. You know, for the average person who's coming in for a routine visit, I'm with them more to chit-chat for a minute than I am to check their bite. And as we move to dental monitoring, we're going to be even able to leverage that. I'd rather do a $7 dental monitoring visit when they don't come in then put them in a chair at 63 bucks for that chair for, you know, 15, 20 minutes of overhead. The staffing is totally different. You need fewer staff to do aligners because the majority of what we do here are hetero scans, attachment, placement, and removal, and the doctor's doing IPR, and we're handing out aligners. That can be done much easier. The number of visits for aligner therapy are fewer. That saves chair time. The most expensive things in this office are not the lab fees. They're my staff payroll, my time. Those are the two. That's it. You cut down on chair time significantly, your days open up. I can see 65 patients with aligners so much more easily than 65 fixed appliance cases. Oh, yeah. The number of emergencies the emergencies are significantly fewer and significantly less problematic. Most of the time it's an attachment off. That takes five minutes and it's very little of my time. If they lose an aligner, just go to the next one. You can skip one every so often without it doing too much problem. I mean, I can take my kids out of school for spring break when they're in high school and they went back and we're not two weeks behind. You don't lose anything when you're doing this. So the most important things in costs are not the aligner cost. You know, 600 bucks is half dozen visits 
And if they're all shorter and you don't have the other emergency stuff, it's just more profitable. We've run the numbers. I mean, when Chris Benson came through a few years ago, you know, we we're looking at the practice. He said, boy, that, that profitability went up. Yeah, there's a downstroke to get in. You're paying those heavy aligner costs at the beginning. But when you cut them by 40%, that makes a huge difference. Sure. When you cut your chair time in half, that makes a huge difference. When you're trying to schedule people and you're trying to see them every, God forbid, four to six weeks, or like we do with fixed appliances every eight to 10, my minimum interval for aligners is 12 weeks. We make sure that we stage it so the attachments either go on at stage one or stage one of the refinement. IPR is done at stage one, stage 12, or stage 24. We have a regular schedule so that they're programmed so that we know that on the first visit at 12 weeks, it's usually a pat on the head. At 24, it's either a refinement or it's at 36. But these things are regular. We don't throw in extra visits. We adjust the staging to make that work. These people know when they're coming in. We have plenty of openings in the schedule because of it, so they can go on wherever they want. And customer satisfaction is worth a premium of a couple hundred bucks. We charge the same for Invisalign as we do for braces, but the profitability with Invisalign is greater, particularly the kind of numbers that we do. The last part that Dr. White hit on, listeners, is something I want to reinforce really quick is – I see so many doctors out there trying to charge more for Invisalign than braces to make up for the lab fee. And everything he just said, that is what makes up for the lab fee. You don't need to charge more. It just puts a barrier to entry for the consumer. And if you give them a choice, they're going to pick braces because they don't want to spend more money. So I'm glad that you hit that. In addition, you know, and, and, and whether it be Dr. White or anyone else out there, the way we, we, way we teach a lot of the doctors and talk about it is, is look at, you have a company that, whether it be through the Invisalign Concierge, through targeting consumers about clear aligners, uh, you know, their doctor locator, the list goes on and on. Basically, I look at that lab fee as part of that as you're paying for the marketing they're doing. I mean, because they're, they're willingly sending you business and there's not many companies out there that do that for any type of of orthodontic practice or healthcare practice. So I think you combine all of that, the profitability is, is extremely important and extremely high. So I think those are really good, really good thoughts. And the marketing is significant. You know, we get about 20% of our new patient referrals straight from Invisalign.com doctor locator. They've given me that. They've primed these people that they want it. And when we talk about fees, we look at the people and go, well, you know, you didn't come here to get this. You came here for a result and you're paying for a result. So we charge the same. 20 years from now, looking back, it won't make a bit of difference to you what we used on your teeth in the past. You know, how much you paid and the results you got is what matters. So the same result costs the same amount of money and we'll be happy to do it either way. You tell me. So that when a parent comes in and, you know, they're looking at the teenager going, well, you know, I don't want to spend anything extra because it's already a large chunk of money. Okay, that's fine. I accept that. Five or $6,000 is a lot of money to most people. However, adding another 300 bucks or 400 or 1,000, like I've heard for Invisalign, just is telling patients, I don't want to do this and you don't want to do this. Why would they want to spend something that 18 months from now the teenager that, you know, let's face it, you're getting braces. That's it. Why would you care? So we offer the same and we tell them, look, if you come in here six months from now and say, you know, my kid's just not wearing these 
I look at the kid and say, you have two choices. You either wear them or you get braces the day that your parents say the Invisalign is not working. And we do that every once in a while for some pain in the rear kid. We haven't done it for an adult yet. But that alone, and there's no charge for that. We just said, we'll switch you. Again, you're paying for a result, not a process. And that makes that barrier drop right down. Parents says, well, what happens if you lose them? I says, well, get them another one or you just move to the next one. I'm trying to remove as many barriers to them saying yes as possible because every aligner case that I do is word of mouth advertising for me. Every mother who's saying, wow, you know, we were worried about that, but it never ended up being a problem and look at the result. You know, I can play with things to design it for them. And the fact that I design it in front of them doing the ClinCheck, they're involved. That's a huge marketing thing. Plus, it lets me focus in on exactly what they want because they'll tell you when it's not right. We get to a refinement, same thing. It's like, okay, point to this scan here. What do you want to see different? So we keep reinforcing that we're going to give you exactly what you came for, for exactly the same fee, to do it by the way that you don't want to do. Those are great points. And, you know, listeners talking about, I mean, this is, this is a doctor talking like a high-level CEO that also happens to be a clinician as opposed to the other way around. And, and you guys hear us talk about it all the time is that in today's consumer-driven marketplace, that's an extremely competitive one. The best CEO wins. The best clinician no longer wins. Those days are gone. And everything he's saying is talking about running a high-level business and adjusting to the consumer. And I just, I love it. So I, I know our listeners are loving this information. What would you say, how do you handle the, the logistically challenged? Uh, you know, maybe somebody that's in the military can't see you often. What would, how do you handle it? And what would you suggest other doctors do to, to help that? Uh, and I was just using the military, you know, as an example. There's others as well. Well, I have patients living right now in China, Japan, Thailand, England, and at universities all over the country. I even have people that fly in from New York City with the excuse of visiting family members because it's like three grand, three grand less to do Invisalign in Cleveland than it is in New York City. So they can fly back half dozen times. The point is that if you have that concern, yeah, you cannot uh, put on attachments or do IPR, but that's your staging. So we had a little girl last year. She lives near us June, July, and August, and she lives the school year in Japan with her family. So she got her scan in July. She got her aligners in August. We made a double set by slowing down the velocity by half. We minimized the number of attachments to the kind that do not usually have any kind of issues, mostly conventional. We gave her the whole set of boxes. She went off to Japan. Mom would take photos once a month and send an email them to me. And I'd say, yes, everything's tracking or leave that one in a little longer. And you can do that long distance. I've got people in the Middle East. Like I said, we get those things all the time. And now we're branching more into dental monitoring once that really becomes a little bit more available where right. we give them a set of cheek retractors and they use an app on their phone to scan their mouth. And it will actually track how well the aligners are seated. So we can see them more often, follow them more closely without putting their butt in a chair. And that saves me time and money. So with doing that, you know, the worst case you're going to do is say, well, you're going to stay on that last one or go back to the one before and wear that a little longer. Same thing we do when they're here. We can't do a scan, but we don't lose anything. We're right. always making progress, and we've done things for people that otherwise were 
you know, they were out of luck. You know, you send a fixed appliance case over to the Middle East, and they're at, you know, whatever base there, which, you know, they're still really not allowed to do too much with, you know, active duty troops, but some of the, the National Guard people and the reserves, they'll go over there, they're in treatment. And they're out of luck because they're not set up to do ortho over there. With Invisalign, they just keep wearing them. In the worst cases, we order some new trays and mail them to them. <laughs> That's awesome. That is really interesting. So what would you say about the patients, Dr. White, that, you know, they have limited time requirements for their treatment? I mean, maybe what if they came in and said, look, you know, I'm leaving to go somewhere and I've got a year for this treatment. You've got to get it done in that time. How do you handle those? Well, some of them just look and say, well, it won't be fixed by then, but I can make serious improvement and this is how we're going to do it. And oh, by the way, you're going to get Excelident from me and that will help move things along. It's going to cost you a little bit extra money, you know, 15, 20 bucks a month, but we can do that. You don't have to be perfect for the September wedding. You just need to be better than you are. And for a lot of aligner therapy, we make sure that the staging is such that their chief complaint is addressed regardless. If it's, they have too much horizontal overbite, either rather too overjet, and their teeth are crooked. So initially, maybe we just line them up and don't start retracting so that we have a nice smile that may be a little buck toothy, but at least our teeth are not crooked. So we adjust the staging and then go back and work on the rest of it. So there are ways to look at it and say, okay, this is what the consumer wants. This is how I can move in that direction preferentially, adjusting for the rest later. It's just like people that come in initially for limited treatment, and then once they realize that it's no big deal, and they say, well, could you do this too? I said, that's fine. We adjust the fee appropriately, and we order a new series. And the fact that with Invisalign, you got five years without a second lab fee, you can do a lot. Somebody, you know, they go through treatment, everything was fine. They, you know, flake out two years later and they didn't wear their retainers, they didn't wear their aligners and a little bit of movement. They come back, it's no lab fee to me to do a small refinement. From the standpoint of marketing, that is we're taking care of them, we're giving them what they want and, you know, there's no significant charge. We might charge them an office visit or two just to sort of remind them that, hey, you do have a responsibility here. This is not on us, this is on you. But, you know, it's not another 1800 bucks or 3800 bucks or whatever. So from a marketing standpoint and a goodwill standpoint, that's worth a lot of money because it makes for great word of mouth. I mean, if you look at our Google reviews, we got 200 of them. It averages like 4.9. And that kind of stuff is what turns up on those things over and over and over because they feel like we've listened to them. We've addressed their problem without beating them up. When I go to my physician and I've got a blood pressure problem, and he wants to put me on a medication, which they did years ago, that made more sense than him beating me up about, okay, you only exercise this number of hours per month. You got to do this, <laughs> this, and this. I'm going like, I don't want that. I don't have the time. I got a busy life. I want you to help me with what I want help. And if you can do that, great. And if you can't, I'll go to somebody else. Yeah, those are great points. Talk to our listeners. You mentioned Excelident, and there's obviously more and more companies entering the space that they claim to speed up orthodontic treatment. Uh, we've worked closely with quite a few of them, actually. Uh, what are your thoughts on Excelident? Uh, are there any tips that you could give our listeners on how to maybe better sell that in the practice? Uh, have you seen good results? Do you believe in it, et cetera? I'm a believer. Some of my friends are equally believers in 
the other systems that are out there. Um, you know, vibration is vibration, according to some people. One, somebody, a friend of mine that's a university instructor, basically took a small personal vibrator, uh, hot glued a mouth guard onto it, and has people fight on that, and he thinks it works. You know, the fact that Acceladent is the only FDA type 2 approved makes me feel more comfortable. Plus, when people come in, they ask about Acceladent. They don't ask about anything else. So again, the market and the branding that has gone on with that is strong. The competitors not so much. Uh, so we pretty much stick with Acceladent. We point out to people, look, my cases track better. The appliances seat easier. Patients are more comfortable and the treatment goes faster. I, I don't say it will cut your time in half. I said, but it will reduce it. And I show patients that have had it used on them. So for me, I'm a believer. If the price point dropped um, down another third, I would probably give them away with the single caveat that people who get stuff for free don't value it. So Agreed. we do charge for it. I will probably continue to charge for it. But um, once somebody's used it, they're the biggest apostles for it, even though they may or may not have the awareness of what the alternative is. So for me, I advocate them. We, we provide a ton of them at cost. And uh, again, if the price point dropped much more, I would pretty much, you know, make it just a token, you know, here's an extra, you know, you cover the cost, you know, this is what it is. I, just, right. I would love to do it on everybody. Okay. Yeah, that's really good information. So give us some final thoughts. And I, I think direct this at the listeners out there that are still having a hard time wrapping their head around, you know, adjusting over to making clear aligners their main portion of their business. Uh, you know, give a message to them uh, that, you know, needs to resonate with convincing them that they need to. Because in my mind, Dr. White, I mean, at what point, I mean, how many more consumers out there, what percentage of them do we have to get to you know, does it have to get to where people just say, I don't want braces anymore before certain doctors realize it? Because that's where it's heading. So give your message to those that, that just can't wrap their head around all this. Okay. Suppose the market goes like it did from vinyl and cassette to CD. If you weren't selling your stuff on CD, your market was diminishing. If you woke up tomorrow and somehow or other, the entire market said, nobody wants braces. Could these people figure out how to use it, how to make it work? You know, there's no dummies in orthodontics. When you've been the top of your class in high school, college, dental school, to even get into the ortho programs, you're pretty smart. Right now, if you're doing fixed appliances, half of your time is spent trying to manage the fact that you've got a generic prescription and a generic arch form on custom sized and shaped teeth on asymmetric and unbalanced jaws. And you spend a lot of time fighting the appliance or having to make modification. And you've got to think that through even the guys that are highly, you know, you know highly delegated, highly automated, all that stuff's in there. With Invisalign, it's a custom appliance. You get to design it. I don't spend my day fighting with edgewise brackets, even pre-adjusted, straight wire, all that stuff. I spend my days designing. I look at potential results and say, what do I like about this? What don't I like about this? 
where do I have two size and shapes discrepancies? Because most guys don't do a Bolton if they're doing fixed appliances. I do it on every single Invisalign case, and I know when I've got discrepancies, and I can explain to a person that, hey, these teeth are not a matched set. I either need to open up space here or do restrictions here. So this is an opportunity to bring out your creative side rather than your mechanical fix the problem side. It's a lot more fun. It's a lot more artistic. It gives you a renewed sense. I mean, a lot of people get tired of doing fixed appliances when they turn 60, if they make it that long. I'm 65, and I can't wait to continue designing cases and seeing what I can do with the appliance because I put myself out there as an expert, someone who can do make an improvement for any issue, talking about towel cuspids, tipped molars, all of those things. Are they simple? No. But if a patient has that problem and they also have the requirement, I'm not doing braces, then they either need to take a hike because nobody can fix them, or they find somebody like me that says, okay, it's not a perfect system. Some parts aren't as efficient. But effectiveness is the combination of efficiency and time. So if it's not a very efficient move, it may take longer, but I'll still get there if they've got healthy bone and if they want to do the deed. That's another example, everybody. Ensuring your practice operates like a high-level business. I absolutely love it. Thanks for joining us, Dr. White. And tell us uh, where we can learn more about you. Give us your practice website and uh, maybe the phone number for anyone that wants to become a patient. Um, practice website is smilesbywhite.com. And the, the phone number is on the website. But if you need just for the number, it's 330-468-0607. I appreciate you coming on, Dr. White. So, Brad, what I thought was interesting about what Dr. White said was how he listened to the consumer and how the consumer is kind of dictating how he changed some procedures within the office. You know, he wasn't necessarily saying it's all or nothing, that you either have to do the full Invisalign, full corrective care uh, or nothing. He was literally would do a, a reduced um, series for them to give them what they wanted, but made it very clear to them that clinically they needed a, a higher level of service. So that is a very good example of how the consumer is dictating the, how, how business is conducted. He is a perfect example of getting the consumer and running it like a business and keeping the consumer happy. There are doctors that are probably listening out there now. Well, I would never do what the consumer wanted. I'm the doctor. And my message to you is, is you need to get over it because the facts are it's changing. And as long as, and, and Dr. White said it, if the consumer says they want something and is in your head, as long as you educate that consumer that you know, of the things that, that they're not going to be able to correct based on what they want, as long as you're educating that consumer, it's fine because you're, you're educating them on your expectations of what they're gonna, their end result's going to be. And if the consumer's okay with it, move forward. As long as it's not going to hurt them clinically, what is the problem? And that is why guys like him are producing in the top 1% of the nation. And they start, you know, they're one of the leading Invisalign producers in the world because they get it. They flat out get the business consumer aspects of their organization. Yeah, here he is, the, the, one of the number one Invisalign providers in the world, and he does reduce services when the consumer indicates that that's what they want. And, it, and it's right. And I think it's a simple philosophy of, you know, if a consumer comes in and says, you know, hey, Dr. White or Dr. Whoever, 
this is what I want. And, and you as a doctor go, well, based on what they want, that's going to hurt them. It's going to put them in a serious position. Well, then you don't do it. You know, that that's obvious. But if it's not going to hurt them and it's going to still make them better than where they are today, who cares if it's perfect? If the consumer's okay with less than perfection, do it. Just let them know it's going to be a little bit less than perfection. And just move forward. And that is how you grow a business. And, and orthodontics and dentistry, it's becoming retail. Now, a lot of the doctors don't look at it that way, but the consumers already look at them as, a, as basically a retail store, a commodity. And the ones that are growing like crazy realize it, they adjust, and they're kicking butt. And John White's a perfect example of it. I think another thing that another point he makes that I know some dentists have problems with is the fact that he does charge the same for an Invisalign case as he does for uh, the regular brackets, you know, uh, metal brackets case. And he was talking about the time in the chair and the fact that they're more efficient, which is a message that was echoed by Dr. Blevins as well. It is a huge barrier to entry to start more Invisalign cases if your price point is higher than it is braces. And I know listeners, a lot of you that do it, are doing it because in your mind, you think you have to make up for the lab fee that Invisalign as a company charges you. The problem is, is even with the lab fee, you're far more profitable doing Invisalign than you are braces. The chair time proves it. Dr. Blevins, Dr. White, they all have statistics to prove it. We have statistics to prove it. And so does Align Technology as a company. So all you're doing by increasing that price is lowering the chances of anybody actually doing Invisalign because what are you going to pick? You're going to pick the braces that are 5,000 or Invisalign that's 6,500. You know, there's consumers that are probably still going to go with the metal, the metal brackets because they're cheaper. So the price has to be the same and you could justify charging a little bit less for Invisalign than you do, than you do braces. And I know that's going to sound crazy to a lot of people, but the reason being is, is because you're so much more profitable with your chair time, your own time, et cetera, even your team's time for that matter, that you could actually charge less and still be making more. So it was a great episode. Because of more starts. I mean, you'll, you'll get more starts. Well, there, there's all kinds of reasons. You know, I think that, you know, we're not, an ep- we're not a show that it promotes Align Technology or Invisalign, but we do believe heavily in it for a multitude of reasons. But you have, you know, the more starts you have, you're going to increase your chances of moving up the ladder on their doctor locator, which means you're and, and Dr. White, he even said it today. He gets the majority of his new patients are coming from the Invisalign doctor locator uh, website, uh, the Invisalign concierge. You have a company that is actively spending marketing for you. So it makes perfect sense to do everything you can to start as many cases as you can and partner with a company that's doing all the marketing for you. They go right to the consumer. The consumer then searches online for someone that does it. And if your online marketing's right, you show up and you didn't have to spend a dime on marketing to get that phone call. So it just makes sense. So the doctor locator, the Invisalign rebates, the concierge, there's many other examples as well, as, as well as the great reps and, and strategic account managers that work for a line that partner themselves with the individual practice out there. Uh, it makes all the sense in the world to do everything you can to start more cases. And plus, it's what the consumer today and tomorrow is going to want anyway. So there's no negatives to it. Well, it sounds good. It made a lot of sense. And I really enjoyed the episode with Dr. White. Yep, I agree. It was a great episode. Remember, listeners, to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and find us on YouTube. Appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you soon.